Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Hi, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaViz, and welcome to this session of the Business Systems Summit, where 30 experts share their best systems, processes, and checklists. And today, my guest is Pauline Martin-Brooks from Help Me Scale. Now, Pauline is known as the Partnerships Queen. She's an expert in building strategic partnerships and helping businesses do the same, resulting in significant growth of those businesses. So I'm really excited to have Pauline here with me. Pauline, welcome. Jürgen, thank you so much and thank you for allowing me to be uh, a part of this phenomenal summit. I'm so excited to see the, uh, you know, the end product when everyone gets all of their uh, gold out of their head and into the systems that we all love so much. That's right and, and having them really well documented. Now I've seen Pauline's presentation so I'm not going to beat around the bush much longer. I'm going to hand over to Pauline and let her take it away. All right, thanks, Jürgen. So welcome, everyone. And today's about strategic partnerships, or as I like to say, joint ventures, purely because JVs is easier and shorter to say than strategic partnerships or strategic alliances. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at how to prepare and look attractive to your potential strategic partners, or JVs, as I like to say. So I started searching for partners instead of clients back in 2003. And one of the key reasons that I did this was because my boss at the time had some phenomenal connections and she would be able to, you know, call up a friend and just say, can you email? And then 200 people would register for an event. And <laughs> I, I just wanted to find out how do you do that? Because I didn't want to be the one making 200 calls. I wanted to be the one making one call and getting 200 yeah. bums. So it took me quite a, you know, quite a while to, uh, sort of narrowed down that process if you like. But in that time, you know, I've made thousands of partner calls, created millions for the companies I've worked with, managed hundreds of partnerships. But most importantly, I've been able to handle volume and create frameworks and uh, systems around that whole process. And that's what I'd love to share with you today. So this is important to me because this is why I'm so excited about strategic partnerships. Because my very first partnership, it took six months to get across the line, but it brought in 732 leads in an hour. Wow. Um, and <laughs> this is where if someone's sitting there going, oh, I couldn't do that. Well, like, yes, it took six months, but in reality, that was a series of emails and a series of phone calls that happened in a fairly structured way so that maybe that took two hours. You know what I mean? It didn't take mm -hmm. six months. It took two hours. But uh, the, the time that passed was six months. So that's why I'm hooked, why I'm so excited mm. about partnerships and why I think it's, uh, it's definitely time in 2017 to get everyone else excited about partnerships. So first of all, I want to talk about a couple of different types of partnerships so that we're not confusing the different terminology and also to help you start thinking about what is going to be a great partner for you. So first of all, we've got affiliates. Now, affiliates, they're the type of people that um, they're basically going to mail out for money. So I love affiliates because I think that, you know, everyone needs to have, everyone needs to have affiliates, but they're not ideally your best partners because they'll only do it 
when they have the time and when they need the money. And that may not be when you, <laughs> when you want it done. Some of the other partnerships that I like to look at is content partners. Now, we all know that we should be blogging, right? But not everybody wants to write something every week and send it out. And so this is where you can start having contributors to your blog. And if you allow them to put a link in that, then you're sending traffic to them and they're sending traffic to you. So that's basically a little partnership that I think most people listening to this call could start in that area, Jürgen. My preference is two-way referrals. So this is where, you know, when you find the perfect partner, you're actually looking at how can you help them and how can they help you and then finding that, you know, that nice medium. And that's really what I'm going to be talking to today. A couple of the other ones are where you do a joint webinar. So this is, again, based on content. And you can also do like a speaking opportunity and you know one of the things I love you about partnerships is when you get hold of somebody and all of a sudden you start you know getting excited and you know talking about what are the things that you could do you know the number of times I've had someone say you know what I've been thinking about you know running an event or I've been thinking about having more regular blog posts or videos or mm. you know it really gives people the opportunity to have you know just a creative collaborative experience so that's what I love about it yeah so let's have a look at some of uh, some of the out-of-box examples. Now, I say this because I think that if someone thinks of a beauty salon, they might think, oh, a beauty salon could partner with a hairdressing salon, right? Or a mortgage broker could partner with a coffee shop. I'll, and, and so I'll run through some of these things. So beauty salon and a financial planner, most unlikely partnership. However, <laughs> if you get a beauty salon who is quite open to doing partnerships and you get a financial planner who's quite open to doing partnerships, then they can find a way to make it work. So if we've got a little bit of time, I might just go into a few of these, Jürgen, if you don't mind, because I think that it allows people to get a little bit more creative around who they could partner with as well. Okay, that's um, great, yeah. So the beauty salon story is my friend um, owns a beauty salon and I have another friend who's an accountant and we were trying to work out how do we get these two businesses together because these two people, like they, they're really great people and they're in that abundant mindset, you know, that really nice collaborative mentality that we're looking for in partnerships. And so I started this process and I went down and I had a meeting with my friend who was an accountant at that organisation and I thought, oh, beauty salon and accountant could partner. But as it turned out, he wasn't really open to that idea. And so I said, well, tell me more about what you're looking to achieve in 2017. And he said, well, actually, we've got this new financial planning arm that we're looking to, you know, to really ramp up. And I said, well, how are you rewarding people that refer business? He's like, well, we haven't, we're trying to put a, you know, a referrals program together. And I went, aha. So <laughs> Beauty salon. <laughs> this is great. And the reason this works, this is off, off the charts, but the reason it works is because the accountant and the beauty salon are within about 20 meters of each other. That's mm -hmm. why it works. The mortgage broker and coffee shop is another quick one I'd love to share. So I went to go to a coffee shop around the corner. I scrolled through their Facebook page before I went because I have wacky diet requests. So I always like to see what are people offering. And they had this thing about six months ago that said free coffee courtesy of this particular mortgage broker. And I thought, what's that about? So I had to go down and interview the guy. And I said, tell me, how did this come about? And he said, well, actually, the mortgage broker next door 
walked in and he said, I'd like to buy pre-buy a hundred coffees and anyone that fills out one of these little mini forms, like a lead generation form, mm. um, anyone who fills it in, I'll buy their coffee, right? Yeah. So the coffee company's gone, happy days, I've got a hundred prepaid coffees, right? The mortgage broker though, so I live on the Northern Beaches. For those of you that don't know the Northern Beaches, the property prices are insane and that mortgage broker is probably looking at doing million-dollar mortgages mm. and he's now picking up $4 leads. That's brilliant, isn't it? It is. So, yeah. So let me ask you something. I mean, in terms of the process, you've talked about the process of making sure that there is mutual value as kind of a starting point for this, but how do you come up with the ideas like that? Okay, so let's start with the uh, getting back to the. Um, I just like to think about the benefits, right? So the benefits b behind partnering, you're looking for something that's going to help you save time and save money and things like that, right? So if you're getting creative with somebody, you need to actually have that conversation, Jürgen, and find out from them how are they currently getting their leads, right? What are they looking to achieve in 2017 or whatever year it happens to be? Like how many staff members have they got? Have they got a business development person? Have they got three salespeople? Like you've got to really get in and understand. In order to do that, you've got to have rapport because if you don't have rapport, people aren't going to have that type of a conversation with you and they need to know this is where I get a little bit caught with this because I think that this is a job for the business owner. However, I have done this for several companies that I've worked with, right? So it's sort of if you found a really dedicated employee, you could actually get them to do it for you. Yeah. However, generally, it's going to be escalated to the business owner. And I like to look at things like their values on their website. I like to look at their testimonials. I like to look at their team members, get an understanding of who they are, who's referred them on LinkedIn, all of those things that kind of builds up the credibility it's almost like getting a CV for someone, you know, before mm. you even speak to them. You do some proper stalking. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that because you, you're basically going there to understand their values and their beliefs rather than kind of what's external, if you like. Yes, absolutely. And it's just, you know, sometimes the one sentence, so tell me a bit about your business. Mm. I mean, that is just, it's so powerful. And then tell me what you're looking to achieve, you know, in the next year. Again, really powerful because when was the last time that someone called you as a business owner and asked you those questions? Yeah. Right? They just don't. And, That's right. And, mm. and, you know, they're always trying to sell you something or that, you know, it's, it's just a different conversation. And when you mm. can have it from one, I like to say I like to connect good humans. So when you can have it from one good human to another good human, I think that that's, you know, that's the most important part. So I'll jump through some of these slides because I, I think we all know if I can bring in 732, you know, 732 mm. leads with one phone call, then obviously it does a lot of these things. But one thing I will mention, Jürgen, is that when, you, when you've done some key strategic partnerships, that you're putting money into someone else's pocket through that experience. So they tend to remember you and they yeah. tend to refer you to other people, right? So you build better relationships because of it. The systemizing of the lead generation is basically getting back to the funnels, you know, the, the understanding what somebody's partner, sorry, what, what someone's client experience looks like and, again, what their partner experience looks like as well. Hmm. So it's just, it's just about understanding if you're going to get, and I'll use the 732 example, but if you're going to get 732 leads, most people couldn't manage that. They'd have to have a system to scale that first. 
Mm. Now, the other thing that I positively love about partnerships is if you've ever thought of selling your business, and let's face it, if you're putting systems into your business, this is something that increases the multiple when you sell your business. It's always creating these types of partnerships that also increases the multiple and as does working on your product ecosystem as well. So all of the things that partnering creates, the partnerships themselves, the systems you've got to have in place to do the, do the scale, yeah, and, and basically every, everything that, that you do with partners, I think that it's all about building business, you know, and doing it in an efficient way, which is why I love it. So, and building at least is obviously what happens from that. Yeah, it's fabulous. I love it too. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like all the innovative examples you've come up with. So can you kind of walk us through step by step how you go about kind of, let's say you're building a partnership for yourself. How would you go about that step by step? Okay, so... I'll give you an example. One of the things that I love to help people with is videos, right? So getting a um, like a really quick one-minute business video, I think, is really important, especially to talk to your partners and to and to have on your about page. So I went to an event on the weekend, and someone said to me, "Oh, what is it that you do?" And sometimes, you know, you'll go to an event and you might do something similar to the person who's running the event, right? Hmm. So you need to have a little bit of a different angle. And so I said, "I do one-minute business video." And they said, oh, great, my clients need that, right? So in my head, I'd done it to a point where I could create them for people, but it would be a bit time-consuming. So I had to then think, what is the best system to handle scale, right? So if I need 100 words from someone, how do I go about getting those 100 words? So in this instance, I built it out as a Google form. And of course, you can use JotForm and Typeform and you know, link it to a, a CRM. But basically, I use the fields of who are you, you know, who do you help, what is it that you do, and what's the next step? And so they need to fill in those fields. And then I actually said, great, pick a color. These are all the colors that you can choose. And so that allowed me to then be able to scale this project, right? So if someone was to do something similar, they would need to have, and this is why I say the lead magnet is so important because Hmm. if you do, like the number of people I met at a networking thing and they say, oh, okay, well, you know, and I say, if I had a hundred of your perfect clients, how would I tell them about you? And they'd say, oh, well, I do a, I do a half hour free consult. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So if I had a thousand of your perfect clients, <laughs> yeah. how would I tell them about you, right? So it's just thinking in scale. And then I said, well, what do you go through in that consult? What value do you bring? Could you put that into a PDF and just talk about, you know, some, some hot tips or mistakes that people make when they work in that industry or, you know, a little checklist or something that is going to add value? Because if you can do that, then I can share that <laughs> with mm. a thousand clients and I can share it with 10,000 clients, right? So mm. it's just about getting to that real scalability level. So this is where I say, number one, make sure you have a great lead magnet. Now, back in the day when I did that 732 thing, we didn't have Facebook, you know, pixels and things like that back then, but we do now. So if you're going to send a large amount of traffic somewhere, you need to make sure that you've got a Facebook pixel on that page and just Google it. I'm not going to go into it (laughs) because Hmm. that's a whole other thing. webinar of its own, isn't it? It is a webinar of its own, but if you don't have it, you can't retarget people that don't take the action you want them to take when they get to your page. Now, the nurture sequence is really important as well, Jürgen, because this is just, okay, once you've had your partner refer, you know, give out your PDF of all the value that you bring and you've had 500 people opt in, then 
you still want to get them through to your core product, right? So in order to do that, you need to have a series of small emails and not really long emails, just small ones that ideally direct them to blogs that you've written already. And that when they get to that blog, they could have potentially another opt-in or a cure for a, for a session or something of that nature, right? So it's just about understanding what is the journey. And it might take three emails to get someone to that point. Hmm. So essentially what you're describing is a, a lead generation system, but specifically targeted to partnerships as opposed to selling your product, right? Yeah, exactly. And and the thing with partners is people always talk about, okay, I've got this, I've got a client funnel. It's like, that's great, but you need to have a partner funnel hmm. as well, right? And you need to understand what's your partner's journey through that process. And, you know, luckily we've got technology, you know, we've got things like Infusionsoft and ActiveCampaign has their deals and there's, a you know, Trello boards and all kinds of ways that we can yeah. track what is happening each step of the way. But obviously the more you can automate it, the better because, you know, you don't want to have to be hands-on and you want to be able to outsource as much of this as possible, you know, and that's what I love about the research element too is that you can outsource it. So this is where I start with anything yoga is, what are the perfect partners? So what complements, so for me, I'd be thinking what complements my core offering, right? So if what I do is I keep people accountable to finding strategic partnerships and I build out the frameworks, then what is it that I can, who can I partner with, right? What kind of products and services are interesting to me as a potential partner that I'm looking for? So I'd start with, okay, I hate graphic design for a start, so I'd start looking in the graphic design yeah. space. So I'd look for someone there. Because I do strategic partnerships and sometimes that requires legal intervention, I'd look for a lawyer who does mm -hmm. joint venture agreements. And recently I came across a, a wonderful gentleman that does something called celebrity profiling. And this is important to me because I love rapport and understanding how to connect with people. And this guy's taken it to a whole new level. So I definitely partner with him so I could share his information with my clients, right? So That's it has something I'm excited about. That's fantastic. I'd, you know what this reminds me of when we start our lead funnels and we're looking at you know, developing your leads, getting really clear about who the ideal customer is and building a profile about that ideal customer. So this, I think that's what you're describing here, isn't it? Except that, apply yeah. to a partner. Exactly, exactly. So if you start with the products and services, it's much easier to then go who provides those products and services. And if people are really stuck on this, I always just say ask two questions. So what do people need before they need your product and service? And then what do people need after mm. they've had your product and service, right? And for some people, the after could be way more logical than the before and vice versa. But I just think it's really important to start thinking about it from that perspective because you know, then you could say, okay, someone who does, I don't know, like window tinting, right? What's the thing that they might need before? Well, they might want to, you know, ramp up their, their performance in their car or something, right? Hmm. And then they've got to get their windows tinted so no one can see them. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just about finding what are those logical what are those logical things. So an accountant with a financial planner, you know, those things can work beautifully in sync. And again, like web developers and graphic designers and then copywriters, mm. like all these people can partner together because they all need, everyone needs a web presence, right? And so like, for instance, for me, I do these one-minute business videos, right? But if somebody wanted someone who was going to go into to their business and film inside their business, I couldn't do that. So I create a partnership with someone that I know who does that, yeah. right? 
Similarly, I help small businesses scale. But if someone came to me and they had a $200 million business, loved everything that I did, but I'm not playing in that space, they're not my target market, mm. then I would send them to, a, to another partner. So think too in terms of who else might you attract as a potential client that isn't quite your target market client and then who can you create partnerships with so that you can refer that person on. That's right. You can still help them. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. So you've talked about kind of the identifying the gaps, if you like, in your own business and identifying the ideal partner and doing the lead nurturing. So what, what are the next steps after that? So this all comes back to research, right? So I would say once you've focused on the products and services, who provides the products and services? And a lot of people think, oh, you know what? I'd love to partner with XYZ company, right? And they're the biggest, they're the best, they're, hmm. you know, they're the ones that are just so exciting. And I always say put them at the bottom of the list because you don't want to sound like, you know, excuse the phrase, a complete nupty when you get on the phone, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like the first time you jump in front of a camera and you do your spiel, it would be like sending that that video to someone who could potentially give you hundreds of clients. You would never do it, right? Hmm. So because of that, I always say just start thinking about who provides these products and services in your area right? And a way to outsource this, Jürgen. So I, let's say, for instance, I was looking for an accountant. So I would write a spec and I would get somebody else to do this. I wouldn't do this, but I would get somebody else to find me accountants that are in a 25K radius of the CBD that say something on their website about small business that have some type of an opt-in. So I've got to be able to fill in a form somewhere on their site ideally have testimonials, right? So you can see how if I did this myself, it would take hours. Yeah. And I used to do it. I really did. And then I just got to the point where I said, you know what, I'm actually just going to outsource this because it's just, it's taking me a crazy long time. I love research, but you know, I don't love it that much. Hmm. And so, so people would come back to me with this spreadsheet and then I'd say, okay, great. Now can you add in their LinkedIn contact details? And now can you check this? And now can you check that? And so eventually I just got to a point where I said, actually, here's the spreadsheet, <laughs> fill in every one of these columns, right? And then bring it back to me when you've done five. And the reason I say that is because they could still be a little bit off you know, like maybe I didn't completely deliver the, the spec in the way that they needed to hear it. And so I always say, just go and do it. You just go and find me five and then I'll check it and then I'll let you know if you're on target. Hmm. So obviously you've got a pretty clear written documented process for that particular step, right? If you're outsourcing that. Yeah. Would yeah. you like me to share my little <laughs> Yes, yes, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. I will share my gold spreadsheet with you. No problems. So this is something else that I do as part of this process. This can be done by a staff member or it could be done by you. It depends. So basically you need to get on their list. I would say create a new email address or a new filter. I've got a very brief story I just need to share because it's quite funny. But I used to put my name down on people's lists and I would call myself Sunshine because I thought, how nice is it to get an email that says, hi, Sunshine. And I had a Sunshine filter, right? So all my Sunshine emails went into one spot. And around about the same time, I met a lovely girl named Sunshine. So <laughs> we would go out for lunch and she'd say, you never respond to any of my emails. And I found them all That's in my right. Sunshine. Filtered, yeah. <laughs> so forget creative. When you're putting yourself on these lists, you know, I used to call myself Sunshine, Sexy, Beautiful. <laughs> but oh, that but I it was something that just put a smile on my face. Oh, that's, that's a brilliant suggestion. I think I'm going to go and implement that as soon as we've done this interview. <laughs> 
exactly. Especially when, like, I think I was on about 200 lists. So when you get on yeah. that many lists, you really, you know, you want to make it fun. That's right. Um, and you're never going to have a down day with that because you've always got some emails there saying, you know, hi, sunshine, hi, awesome, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, good looking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next thing that I would do is basically say, if they, if there is no way for me to subscribe to their list, then I would put them, I put just put them on another page, right? Because hmm. they're not going to be, they're not going to have the tech to automate the type of scale and the type of partnership that I would be going after. That doesn't mean to say they wouldn't be a great partner over time. They're just not there yet. The other thing that is imperative is downloading their lead magnet. So the whole thing around lead magnets is this is where you can productize a service offering. So if you've got a, you know, you normally do a a consultation, take a little bit of what you do, a little bit of your gold, put it in a PDF, and then you can use that. That becomes your lead magnet. So people get an idea as to who you are, what you do, the types of problems that you solve, and your next step. Because here's the thing about lead magnets. If you download somebody's lead magnet and it's not good, and you're not willing to share it, yeah. there, there is no partnership. Yeah. Yeah. I would have looked at over 2,000 lead magnets, and I can tell you I've seen some absolutely terrible ones. And I've also tweaked lead magnets with people as well because I've said, you know what, this is great information. However, it just needs a little bit of work, you know? Mm. And often they'll be like, you know what, actually, yeah, I was going to, you know, get some new graphic design, or yeah, I, I whipped that up myself on the weekend, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So it's just another way of, potentially building more rapport and adding more value so if you know you're going to share it then you want to repeat this for at least 10 prospective partners and i would say 30 because let's face it get someone else to do basically all of this Hmm. like imagine if someone came to you yogan and you went and they said here's the list of 30 lead magnets that i've downloaded which ones do you like and you said i like that one that one and that one great you've got three people you can call yeah So the other thing that I talk about is, you know, this is an interesting one. So do they email their list? And if so, how often, right? I spoke with somebody yesterday and they said, you know what I hate about subscribing to someone's list is they send me about 40 emails in the first month. And so this is important too, because you have to go through the journey that you're expecting your clients to take. That's right. This is where most people don't understand. They think, okay, you get two people together that create a partnership, but really you're relying on your clients to opt in for their lead magnet hmm. and vice versa. So it yeah. has to be really valuable. Exactly and right. Yeah. That's, and also you have to be comfortable with the experience that you're having so that you know your potential clients are going to be comfortable with the experience they have with that partner. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. And if you've got a good partner and their system isn't quite right, they can be open to tweaking it. And I've definitely gone back to someone and said, listen, they come through to this page, but then something's just not quite right about hmm. that or I didn't get the autoresponder. <coughs> or, you know, so it's just a, it's a real open communication type of thing. The other thing that I love about getting on people's lists is you can very quickly, ideally in the first month, ascertain whether they're promoting other people right? Mm. They're promoting other people, then you know those other people are in their target market. Mm. And if they're in their target market, they're in your target market, Mm. right? So I used to, I knew this, I knew a person who shall remain nameless, who left an organization that I was working with, started his own organization, had the same target market clients, and then just waited for me to do all the work and get all the partners on board, Mm. right? And then he would be on the mailing list and he would see, oh, you're partnering with that person now. Great. And he would just get on the phone and say, I notice you're partnering with XYZ company. Would you like to partner with us? Yeah. So that's a really good process because you're getting somebody else to do the work, but it's not ethical. (laughs) 
<laughs> so let's just put that out there for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. It's efficient. It is efficient. Yeah. And so, and this is whereby if you do notice that they're sending you a, um, you know, they're sending you an email and they've got another partner on it, then you know that they're open to doing partnerships. Hmm. So what I like to do then is say, I notice that you partner with XYZ. Would you be able to give me an introduction? Hmm. Right? And then you're all of a sudden you've got credibility because yeah. you've gone through that route. If they've done a good partnership together, they'll have both made money and they'll be happy about that. And you're coming in to potentially do the same. Yeah. So at the end of the day, profits <laughs> profits still important to the business owner. Yeah, of course. Otherwise you wouldn't be in business. <laughs> exactly. And so where we spoke about, Jürgen, before, the nurture sequence, right, really nurturing those clients, I like to say, well, did they provide value through their emails? And if so, mm. rated on it. This is all like rated on a scale of 1 to 10, right? So did they provide value rated on a scale of 10? Did they provide value in their lead magnet? Rate, rate that on a scale mm. of 1 to 10. The other thing I really look at is their messaging, right? So somebody could sound amazing, have all these great values, but then the emails that they send, they're just a bit, like they just make you feel a bit ick. I really rely on my gut in most of this this type of thing. And so if the messaging doesn't feel right to me, it's likely not going to feel right to my clients as well. And I also need to make sure that it that aligns with the company that is promoting it first and foremost, but that it aligns with my values as well. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I like to think that if people are on my on my database, then they have a lot of my values because let's face it, we do business with people that we know, like, and trust. And that's how you end up with people on your database generally, you know? Hmm. So in terms of the process, again, just coming back to a bit of a higher level. So at this stage, you're personally involved, right? You talked earlier about outsourcing some of the research and putting together that spreadsheet, but the, yeah. I guess the outsourcing, they might develop a shortlist for you and, and at this stage you're personally involved because this is now relationship building. Yeah, I so I get involved at the point where we're actually making the call. Right. Yeah. So once that happens, that's where I'm involved. Prior to that, like like I said, I used to do all the research, then I used to tweak things, and I, you know, and so I've, I know now it just it doesn't make mm. sense to do it. However, you have to give a really clear spec and that can change depending on the industry. How And, and once you've got it, then if you've got, like I love this little, you know, LinkedIn hack, for instance, where you can find their profile on, on LinkedIn and you can connect with them, right? And you can tag them as something like, you know, potential partner, for instance. Mm. And then you can get a VA to send anyone who's tagged potential partner with a particular message. Yeah. So there's still ways that you can really outsource until the very end. But I like to go through the entire process. So I wouldn't outsource, from the beginning, I wouldn't outsource hmm. at all until I've done the type of research that I'm asking somebody else to do. Yeah, and, and that, that's a really good point, you know, for processes in general. Until you've actually done it yourself and until you've documented to the level that you can explain it to somebody else, it really doesn't make sense or it's not efficient to give it to somebody else to do because fraught with disappointment then it's not you've basically designed it for failure or you haven't designed it but it is by default designed for failure yeah and that's not fair because you're hmm. essentially saying to someone here do this thing i have no idea what it's going to look like yeah. um, i have no idea if you're doing it right or wrong um, that's right i'll only know that afterwards <laughs> <laughs> if i don't get the result that i want you're in trouble so it's, yeah. it's just you know i mean it's not a hmm. good way uh, be collaborative in business so and I like to remember that there's no partnership that has to be done I can't tell you the number of times that I found the perfect perfect partner and I just go yes this is amazing and then I've gotten on the phone to them and gone no that's no. just it's not going to work they don't have an abundant mentality and it is what is so 
Now I'd look at the next level. So basically now that you've got a short list of people and you know that you're willing to share their lead magnet, because if you're not willing to share their lead magnet, just don't do any of these steps, hmm. right? But if you are, then you need to connect with them on LinkedIn. And because most people these days have got a Facebook page, a Facebook group, a Facebook profile, join as many sure. things as you can and share and like things and basically just get on their radar, like just even in the periphery, right? Mm. Like it's just sort of like you're just over here somewhere. Because then when your name comes up, they might be like, oh, actually, I do remember seeing, mm. you know, seeing that name. So, you know, if you're a Bob Smith, you're in trouble. But for someone, <laughs> someone like me, a Pauline Martin Brooks is only one of me in the world. So, yeah, yeah. so people have to remember that name. And so I think that the more that you can add value in these ways, and I mean, I'm not saying just go and like and randomly comment and stuff. If you don't, if you don't like it, don't like it, right? Yeah. But if you like what they're saying, definitely like it. If you can share something that they're doing, then share it, right? Hmm. So this... This is what I, I do this all the time. I just get into Facebook groups like, oh, cool. That's a little event that's happening in Brisbane. I'm in Sydney. I know people in Brisbane. And I'll post mm. it up going, hey, Brisbane people, check this out. That's and right. So, and, and you know, you've said something kind of consistently going through this in terms of lead magnets, in terms of the follow-up emails, in terms of uh, getting involved in the discussions on groups and LinkedIn and Facebook and so on. And, and you've mentioned the word value, offering value. And I think that, yeah, that really kind of rings all the bells for me and lights up the shiny lights because that's what I tell, you know, all of my clients. I say, you know, deliver exceptional value, you know, and people sort of say, well, you know, how often should I email? And I said, it's not, that's not the question. The question is how exceptional is the value you're delivering? That's the question. And you know, I, so I like that you're focused on that. You know, all the activity here. Yes, and, and activity is a great word because in order to give value in a systemized way, it takes time yeah. to set it up, mm. <laughs> right? And, and this is where I think we're, you know, with entrepreneurs, it's really tricky because there's this sort of two schools of, of thought, right? There's the build your bike while you're riding it and mm. then get all your ducks in a row. And then, you know, that can sort of lead to procrastination as well. So it's about finding a nice balance between the two and so I will actually go to the point where I like I definitely practice my pitch like thoroughly and then I'll also know what am I going to send them as a follow-up before I've even made the call, right? Mm -hmm. So I like to be that organized because if I'm not, then that's usually, I mean, keep in mind, I'm not losing one client if I lose a potential partner. I'm potentially losing hundreds of clients. Yeah, right? yeah. Want to make sure that everything's ready. I say this to my husband sometimes. He's like, "He's still doing that." I'm like, "Yes, I'm still doing that." <laughs> because it needs to be exactly right. So mm. when I turn it on, it turns on and it's you know and it flows. So, but this is the thing around when you because we still haven't reached out to anyone yet in this process, right? So this is just that this is the research phase. It's the practicing the pitch. It's understanding what are the benefits of them partnering with you. Mm. So you can't articulate those benefits, you can, you're not ready to partner, right? Because if you're just doing it because you're like, well, I want to partner with you because you've got a massive database and you're going to give me lots of clients and I'm not going to have to spend money on marketing. And if you have that energy around it, you're never going to find a yeah, partner, yeah. right? So, so what are the benefits of them partnering? And I like to hmm. think about this from not just the benefits for them, but the benefits for their clients, Yeah. And so people always talk about this concept of win-win. I kind of like the win-win, win-win, you know, like yeah, win to the exactly, power yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. I think I have a slide on that later, actually. And, then, so the, and the pitch is, who are you? What are your values? Who do you help? What do you help them with? And is there anything else that stands out 
about your company versus your competitors. This is a funny one because if you've been in business for let's say 10 years, 20 years, right, you know this stuff inside out and backwards, right? Mm. Someone could wake you up at 3 a.m. And, and you could say, oh, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is who I help, right? However, somehow when you get on the phone with somebody, you can <laughs> bring you hundreds tongue-tied. of clients, yeah. thousands of dollars, you can really get tongue-tied. Yeah. Um, so what I used to do is I would keep a three-by-five card stuck to the monitor <laughs> and it would actually have oh hang on a second i've just had a battery warning but luckily i'm prepared so so i would i would have that stuck to my monitor and it would say right like you you've got this basically and <laughs> it would have all the bullet points because that way if i forgot anything then I could at least go, oh, wait, hang on. I, I, know, I know who I am and the value that I bring. Of course I do. What was I thinking? Right? Yeah. So I just find if you can do those little things, it really helps. So I used to have a three-by-five card saying you know enough as well. <laughs> the other thing, as I, as I mentioned to you before, is preparing the post-call template because this is what I know. When you speak to, so I've had partnership calls that had like the very first call and it's lasted an hour, right? And I've also had a call that's lasted 10 seconds. So <laughs> somewhere between those two times is about how much time you're going to have to speak to someone. Hmm. And it, every time it's different, you know, and if they're rushed, it's different. And if I don't get you, it's different and, you know, all these things. So I have the post call template ready and it always says something along the lines of, Thanks for your time. Lovely to connect with you, even if it was only for 10 seconds, hmm. right? You know, I've, uh, I've been really impressed with what, uh, you know, I've been on your list for however long. I'm really impressed with what you're sending out. And I particularly love your, you know, your lead magnet, whatever it is. And I'd like to talk to you about sharing it with my clients, right? So you're just getting into the headspace of, I know who you are. I know the value that you bring and I want to share it, hmm. right? And that kicks off this thing called the law of reciprocity yeah. where people go, oh, well, what can I do for you? It's like, mm. well, funny you mentioned that, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so, and this is where I really like to, um, you know, the research that I do at this point is so important because if you can even mention in that email, like, you know, I saw your testimonial from, you know, Dan Black or, you know, whatever, and I, I really love what he wrote about you or it's just mm. something really really personal that lets them know that you've been through their site with a fine tooth comb. Hmm. Like that's, that's really, really powerful. Yeah. I, and I really like that. And I know we spoke before the call that you talked about, you know, building rapport and you've got something to share with us there at the end. But I think what, what you're doing here is you're actually building that rapport before you've even connected to the person in yeah. person. Yeah. And also you're coming from a point of empathy. So you're looking, you know, it's not a case of, I. Oh, downloaded your lead magnet and I love the title. So you're actually demonstrating that you, you've got a genuine interest in it. You've taken the time to actually analyse in more depth what, whatever it is, whether it's a testimonial or, you know, you've read the testimonial and you actually go to the length of saying, well, I like what uh, Dan said about you and I kind of see that in your website. So you actually link it to something else. So there's a yeah. very strong level of empathy there, which I think goes a long way. And you, you pointed out earlier about what differentiates you from the competitor and I'm, I'm currently going through a mastermind with Seth Godin and he, he is very strong on this whole idea of empathy and that he basically says forget about trying to find out your differentiator from the competitor. If you have empathy with your potential clients and here we're talking about partners, if you have empathy yeah. with your potential partners, you're different to everybody else yeah. or to most other people. Absolutely. I remember, I remember this quote and, uh, you know, you've most likely heard it before and it was like people don't care how much you know. Mm. Yeah until they know how much you care. Yeah, that's right. And I really, you know, even I just say that, it gives, gives me goosebumps. Um, <laughs> I just I really 
just really love that. And I just, I, I just hope more people take that to heart because yeah, mm. it is a busy world. It's getting busier. There's so many distractions. But if you can, you know, if you can get in your partner's shoes, when, like even when I'm creating this email, I'm thinking to myself, what would they, you know, sitting there having maybe had a five-minute conversation or a 10-second conversation, like how do I connect with them and how do I give them value? And then how do I not take up too much of their time? You know, like I, I would even hmm. say, look, I know you thanks so much for taking my call today. Really appreciate it. Like I said, I've downloaded your lead magnet. I really, you know, I, I really love, you know, whatever it is, point three or, you know, whatever. And I'd really love to share it with my, you know, you know, with my clients. You know, what's the next step? Like, you know, how do we take this forward? And sometimes I'm also conscious of the fact that the business owner only has to give their okay. And then I can speak to their marketing director, right? Or I can speak to their VA or like, and I mentioned that as well. You know, like, I'm not sure if you're the best person to speak to regarding the details. Let me know if there's someone else that I should connect with, right? Hmm. So I'm, I'm being really, just really conscious of, of them, their position, their authority, like all of those things. And then saying, look, I'm open to speaking to whoever, right? Yeah. You know, um, let's just, you know, let's just make, let's just move it forward the next step. And so I create this as the canned response, which is something you can do inside of Gmail, but there's so many different tools you can use these days. And you can even have it as a note in a notepad or whatever, because the thing is, if you're talking about a couple of key bullet points, they're probably going to be the same from mm. one email. And then you only really need to tweak a little bit of the, you know, the intro and then potentially the date of what the, you know, the next step is going to be. And this is where a lot of people go really wrong is they try and they just try and put so much, as I say, you know, <laughs> sell the sizzle, not the sausage. Um, yeah. So they try and put so much into that email. And I mean, I've had people say, oh, can you just have a look at this partner email that I'm, that I'm writing, you know, and they'll send me this and I'll read through it. And I'm like, <laughs> seriously and so I just think look just be really respectful just be respectful of people's time you mm. know, and be respectful of their energy as well yeah and it comes back to adding value doesn't it and, and part of that is you know a really short sharp email that just hits the the important points that adds a lot more value than than your uh, great long <laughs> yeah, long yeah. sizzle email and it, yeah and even if you're going to write an email of that nature then just yeah, and, and this is where I this is where I say it's just the next step. Hmm. But if you are going to write an email and you do think that certain value, you know, certain points need to be in there, use bold and use underline and <laughs> appreciate just skim things, right? Just make it easy for them. Hmm. Um, and you know, the one thing I will say here is I can't tell you the number of times that someone's gone, oh, this is my this is my lead magnet. You can go and download it. It's like, hang on a second. How about like yes, yeah, send me the link so I can I can understand the journey, but attach it to the freaking email so, yeah, yeah. so you can see it. Yeah, you know, don't tell me to go and opt in for something. I'm never going to do it, right? Hmm. So you've got to go. Here's my here's the attachment that that I was thinking would be a great fit for your clients, right? Let me know what you think. Hmm. And if you're worried about IP and all that stuff, like put a watermark on it or something, you know. But just make it easy for people. Yeah, that, um, that's a really good point. So you'll probably love this slide, Jürgen. This is. <laughs> It's all about getting yourself to do the things that you may not necessarily like to do. Yeah. Um, so this one, I like the term eat the frog for breakfast. And it basically says, just do the hardest thing first. Just get it out of the way. Now, this is really pertinent for partnerships because generally you need to speak to the business owner. And some business owners have lovely friendly staff that we like to call gatekeepers um, <laughs> and gatekeepers generally arrive at about 9am so if you want to get hold of a business owner then you need to call them at about quarter past eight yeah. right because 
as most business owners, you're already up and at it. You've, you know, you've sent 50 emails before quarter past eight. So if you're going to reach out to somebody, then you reach out to them at that time, right? Don't reach out to them between, oh, I don't know, say three and five, because that's like crazy kids, dinner, hmm. di like you, you don't know what's happening in that time. But if you can get someone at quarter past eight that isn't dropping the kids to school, hmm. <laughs> that is actually a business owner sitting at a desk somewhere, then that's a really good time. But again, this is your target market, right? Who is going to be your perfect partner? Hmm. If they are a busy mum, and if they're a busy mum, then and you're a busy mum, then you probably know the best time to get them, right? That's right. Maybe, yeah, it might be after 9.30 or so. Yeah, exactly. might be. Hmm. Um, so that's important too. So eat the frog for breakfast. Just get it done. I used to sort of bribe myself a little bit. And this is kind of funny because I'm not really that big on food, but I would, I'd always do this. I'm not having breakfast until I've made 10 calls. I'm not having this cup of tea until I've made, you know, another 10 calls or whatever it would be. I would just hmm. kind of play these games with myself to get me to do these things. I know somebody who would actually, so they would think about how do they want to reward themselves. So what, So this lady, she, she, um, she'd be like, you know what, if I do that thing, if I, if I consistently do these things throughout the month, I'm going to buy myself this beautiful suit that I found, right? So that was her thing. She said, no, nope, that's it. If I do this, I'm going to get that suit, right? And I said, well, that's okay. That's the carrot. But what's the stick? Hmm. And she goes, well, actually, the stick is that I give my favorite suit to charity. <laughs> right so if I haven't done this I give my favorite suit to charity and I was like whoa and then I spoke to another gentleman and he had another process which I really liked which was take out a checkbook if you still have one write a thousand dollar check to someone that you don't particularly think deserves a thousand dollars and maybe isn't one of your most popular people put it in the envelope and be prepared to mail it <laughs> you don't you're going to do right mm. so these are just you know i mean everyone has ways of motive like you if if you're a small business owner you you have a way of motivating yourself otherwise yeah. you would be out of business like 95 yeah. percent you know of, uh, of businesses so this is i mean it's, they're just really important things because this is one of the highest leverage activities that you could potentially do mm. This is getting back to the action now. So uh, picking the company that you're going to call before the hour is up. So at some point, the rubber, the rubber hits the road and you've just got to go, that's it. This is the, this is the company I'm calling, right? Mm. So refresh yourself with the website, their LinkedIn, their YouTube channel, anything that you can find on them. And ideally, see if you can work out, and we've already covered this, so I'll go through this quickly, but, you know, testimonials, their values, their team, their about page, any of those things, products and services, et cetera. And so you need to know what does the company do, who their raving fans are, and are they your target market? What's the quality of their lead magnet? You're willing to share it. And if not, just, you know, repeat until you find someone that you will. Now, this is what I say. This is my little kind of, this is my little thing, right? Um, so before making the call, you've got to smile, yeah? yeah? And this is what I say. Just imagine them smiling back. And think about how great this partnership will be, right? So at this point, I've got the phone in my hand and I've got the number on the screen, right? But I'm not pressing dial yet, right? So I think about how happy are my clients and theirs going to be. I think about all the future and bigger collaborations and connections that we can do. Then I smile and hit the call button, hmm. right? Then if I'm still nervous, then I just think of a cute baby. And then I smile <laughs> and then I make the call, right? So either way, you've got to be smiling when you make that call because otherwise the energy that you're putting out is just not the right energy. So it has to be like that you're in this really like, you know, happy kind of space. Now, you've probably noticed that I speak crazy fast because A, I have to get through a lot, but B, I speak crazy fast anyway. 
I'm sitting here sipping chamomile tea, which <laughs> usually slows me down. <laughs> and I've had no caffeine this morning. So, um, however, if I'm if I'm going to connect with someone, I listen to how they say hello. So if they say if if you know they pick up the phone and they go, "Hello, it's Janet speaking." Right? Then I know that they're not a fast talker. So this is a couple of things I have to do. Right? I have to close my eyes. I have to breathe really low in my stomach, and I have to say, "Hi, Janet. How are you today?" Right? <laughs> so it's just really, and I, I I have to keep my eyes closed because I'm a visual person. And if somebody isn't keeping my mental processes going with the speed at which they're talking, then my my brain is going to do something else. Yeah, um, distraction. And I'm yeah. very yeah, and I'm very conscious of that. So just for those of you that don't know, if somebody speaks quickly, they process very quickly. If they speak sort of, you know, at an average rate, then they process at an average rate. And if they speak slowly, then they process at a very slow rate. And if I speak at the way in which I've, I've usually been speaking, I will blow them out of the water. I will have no rapport whatsoever and it will actually not be a very good experience for them and therefore it won't be a good experience for me. Yeah, there's some fabulous tips and I I love this. I mean, this is a topic we could explore sort of days of webinars on because it's about building rapport and it's about understanding people's communication styles. So, you yeah. know, I'm, gen I'm normally a slow speaker, so uh, hopefully I've sped up my speaking and it's because I like to feel things, I like to internalise them and so that takes time, whereas somebody who's a visual thinker sees stuff and, you know, a picture speaks a thousand words so the brain's going at a thousand miles an hour. Um, so that's a really good point. So building the rapport and being conscious of the communication styles that people have. Absolutely. I actually wrote a whole chapter on this. I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment with a, another collaborator. Fancy that, me collaborating on a book. <laughs> um, I've already collaborated on a book, actually. I, I've got a, um, uh, there's a book called Millionaire Mentors out there, which I did in 2010. And so this is another collaboration that I'm doing. But the rapport element is so important. You know, I wrote on this because I just think that to understand this and really like really get it just it makes the world of difference because mm. if you don't a it's being disrespectful right but you're just not going to get anywhere you know and that's that's what I think is uh, is why it's so important mm. <laughs> I'm glad right, this, now, I'm glad this now, yeah now I'm cognizant of the time we're sort of nearly over an hour so I'm just wondering yeah. if you know if we can kind of recap the list of steps very briefly for everybody so that they get another overview of all the steps you go through because there is a lot here and I'm guessing if you've got all this documented that it is actually quite a complex process or probably a whole yeah. book full of processes. Exactly. Well, just just writing down, this was sort of 15 points that I wrote down and I think it was yeah. about 2,000 words just writing down directly, you know, 15 points. So, but do celebrate, do the happy dance when she's had a, when she's <laughs> yeah. had a call. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the number one most important thing is the fortune is in the follow-up. So remember, at this point, we have done the research or we've outsourced the research. We've looked at things like their target market, their testimonials, their values, their team. We've looked at any videos that they have, you know, on both their about page or I like I like to create partner pages for people where they can actually go and have a video about who they're, who they're looking to partner with. Um, so you've done all those things. You've connected with them on LinkedIn. You've followed them on Facebook. You've, you know, 
you've hit them in the groups. I know a woman, actually I went to a blogging workshop last week. She follows 260 Facebook groups and she knows exactly when she can post what in where. So that's just taking it to a whole nother level. Just stay in a couple of Facebook groups that you can like and share and comment and post. Create your follow-up email practice your pitch and then it's really just about keeping a really open collaborative space so I say keep exploring so the more you know about each other's business the easier it will be to create that win to the power of four partnership (laughs) that I spoke about earlier and this can be a big part of you know I gave that example about the beauty therapist with the the financial planner I originally thought the beauty therapist and the accountant could partner but it wasn't until I started to dig around a little bit that I realized it's actually the beauty therapist and the financial planner right so again decide who are you going to create as your um, as your partner so are you going to go after affiliates are you going to just start to get someone to do you know a blog piece for you are you going to focus on these two-way referrals we've been talking about for the last hour? Are you going to get someone to do webinars with you or are you going to go after a speaking opportunity? So that's really, and ideally you want all five eventually, but don't Mm. freak out because the thing, every time you build a partner funnel, you're basically starting with who's the first person, who's the first partner that you're going to put in it, right? You don't, no business starts with thousands of clients. You start with one. The same thing with partners. You start with one. And just keep the communication open. You've got to make sure that you both know what the next steps are, when they're going to take place, who's responsible, and then measure it and tweak it and repeat it. Hmm. <laughs> and measure it and tweak it and repeat it. And that's it. That's the end. So <laughs> Beautiful. So that there's an important little gem there as well, the measuring and tweaking it and repeating it. Of course, if it's, you know, if it's a good process, it's repeatable and it's reproducible, but measuring and tweaking is really important as well. Yeah, and sometimes that means balancing things up, you know. Sometimes, like, what happens if someone gives you 100 clients and you only give them 50 or something? Mm. So that's why it's really important to keep these lines of communication open and saying, you know what, if it does, if it looks like it's getting out of balance, then we'll just do something to, you know, to get it back on track. And that's the, that's the key step that so many people, they just walk away from a partnership at that point. They don't even go back and tell the partner, you know, and that's really Mm. sad. I've I've heard that story so many times. So, yeah, it's really important because remember, if I send an email for you, Jürgen, the only thing that I'm going to see on my end is how many people unsubscribe from that email send. Yeah, and you're going to be sitting on the other side of the room going, woohoo, look at all these people downloading my lead magnet. If you don't tell me as a partner, I don't know that. And all I see... I sent an email to 2,000 people and I've had 10 unsubscribes already, yeah. right? So it's that, it just, and this is all about the communication. So it's mm. just, you know, value, value, value. And communication, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I think, you know, I think we've, we've covered those messages really well. So this has been fabulous, Pauline. I've, I've certainly learned a lot. So I hope the audience is going to take a huge amount of value from this, this uh, session. And um, so I know you've got a bonus offer here for everyone. Yes. So I actually wasn't going to do this. This was a piece from my book. So, but now I, you know, I realize how important it is, this rapport piece and not a lot of people know it. Um, So I've put together what's important, especially when approaching partners. And so this is kind of, it's, you know, the rapport with a little bit of a twist and it's predominantly for partners. So you can go there and you can download it and I might even turn it into videos. We'll see. We'll see that that might happen because I love videos, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
That's and right. Video, video is great, great for engagement. And yeah, so go and check out that uh, that little bonus that Pauline is offering. I'm sure it'll be really great value. Yeah, so this is helpmescale.me, not help me scale anything else. It's a weird dot, yeah. dot me. I started okay. with the marketing, whatever. So yeah. But, so yeah, um, and and we'll, I'm sure that we'll have a link in the show notes to the episode as well. Exactly. All right, Pauline. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Look, LinkedIn is probably the best way. Pauline Martin-Brooks, there's only one of me in the world. (laughs) Find me on LinkedIn. Um, Connect with me on Facebook. I'm an open connector. Um, You'll find that I love to dance. So I always have pictures of me up there dancing. (laughs) Fantastic. I'm going to have to go and connect now too. (laughs) We've got another thing in If you really need to reach me to hurry, just message me on Facebook because that will actually pop up on my phone and annoy me. And then I... (laughs) (laughs) and then I can help you so (laughs) yeah all right Pauline well thanks very much this has been absolutely awesome I've really enjoyed it and uh, wish you all the best and I'm sure we'll stay in touch absolutely thanks you again enjoy your day you too you've just been listening to the system hub podcast remember we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now (laughs) 